HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Hi, I'm Moxie Rosenblum. My dad, Harry Rosenblum, hosts Feast Your Ears on Heritage Radio Network. Right now, HRN is having a summer membership drive. Becoming a member is so easy, and you'll help support shows like my dad's. You can sign up for a one-time donation or become a monthly sustaining member by visiting heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Let's keep food radio on the airwaves this summer. listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Irway. So today is the week of Independence Day. July 4th is coming right up. It's actually in the middle of the week, so it's a little awkward timing, um, but hopefully uh, everyone will get to spend some time with their fen- friends and family over some delicious food that they're cooking up. Um, it's also a little bit of an awkward time in our country's history right now, um, you know, talking about the immigrant journey Uh, and all the pitfalls that we're seeing in the news and all the legal red tape that we keep hearing about. Um, It's a good time to talk about what freedom means and what our country stands for and also what the American dream can look like. I'm really, really honored to be talking with a successful, incredible restaurateur and chef and uh, now cookbook author, and I really love this cookbook. It is called Turnip Greens and Tortillas, A Mexican Chef Spices Up the Southern Kitchen. He is a self-professed born-again Southern, Southerner, born-again Southern boy, and he is Chef Eddie Hernandez joining me on the line from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Eddie. Are you there? Hi. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you're, you're based in Atlanta now. But you've lived in Texas, and uh, you have also Taqueria del Sol, which I forgot to mention, is the name of your um, business. And you have seven locations throughout the South, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, it's, it's an amazing story. And uh, I just love that um, your, your cookbook is all about mixing influences 
from southern food and Mexico in delicious ways. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, you came to um, America wanting to be a rock and roll musician. So big dreams there. <laughs> yes. But um, you found yourself working as a dishwasher in a restaurant that did uh, Tex-Mex. Was that the yeah. style of food? What gave, uh-huh. yeah, what was that like for you? Was this, did it feel like you were, what were you trying to, what were you hoping to achieve now that, you know, maybe the rock and roll dream looked a little far? Well, I mean, it's something that I talk to a lot of people about whenever I do interviews or stuff like that. Because, you know, everybody comes to, to America with this idea of this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to whatever country I came from and be very successful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out that way most of the time. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, we end up staying here and, and not going back to where we came from. But what we failed to do is to integrate, uh, become part of society, part of the, the country. And I understood that from the beginning that I needed to learn the language mm-hmm. in order to communicate, and that will open the doors for me to excel. And I did. I worked really hard. You know, I really wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And that was my dream, my goal. I figured that I would get to travel the world, you know, as a musician. Unfortunately, it did not work out. Yeah. <laughs> so so this... I started doing yeah. doing other, other things. You know, I yeah. worked, you know, gardening and, and watching beaches. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I always understood is that you can learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's called desire for me. You have to have the desire to excel. Without that, you're just going to be part of the labor force. So I always try to learn what I'm doing and move up the ladder. And and that's why the language was so important to me. Mm-hmm. So, so learning English. You know, yeah. I learned the language, and I uh, I was able to move up the ladder. And I had, I, you know, I was blessed to meet my partner, Mike Clank, mm-hmm. and we've been working together 30 years, and he understood what I wanted to do, and he was able to to put everything together for us to be successful. It's amazing. Congratulations. Um, Thank I, you so much. I love, you know, you pepper the book with these fun personal essays that show a really generous, inclusive, and just a big-hearted sort of open spirit um, throughout. Like, uh, you write in one section, um, you know, working for a large Tex-Mex chain, catering to gringos, helped me realize that I wanted to be part of a bigger society, or if I wanted to be part of a bigger society, I would need to be open to everything. And you go on to describe their versions of tacos and enchiladas as different as what you had in Mexico, not better, not worse, just different. Um, and then you began to incorporate flavors on your own. Um, but I, I really also love that you include in this passage how when you were trying to learn English, you wanted to ask a girl out, but you could only say her name. So you said, Cindy, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story, you know. Yeah. I mean, Cindy, 
her, her name was Cindy. Yeah. Hey, Cindy. And uh, I guess we, she liked me as much as I like her. And we just oh. can communicate. Oh, no. we, end up, <laughs> we end up going to a drive-in. And there was a lot of, uh-huh, okay, oh, no. yes, and uh-huh, again, you know, <laughs> because I couldn't communicate. And that drove me to yeah. try harder to learn the language. Mm-hmm. Because I understood that if I needed brakes for my car, yeah. I wanted to go over there and say, I need some new brakes. Uh-huh. And not having to take somebody or it's somebody. I, I don't mind asking for help. Mm-hmm. I never have. But first, I want to try to do it myself. And right. if I can, then I will ask for help. Right. But I was not going to ask help to somebody to go with me to a movie with a girl so he can translate for me. <laughs> That's a great incentive. <laughs> oh, so so the first date didn't go quite as planned, but... but no, maybe. that was it. That Actually, was it. it was the only date. <laughs> One shot. All right, well, that's a good incentive, as, if any, you know, to get learning. Um, so, so, okay, Eddie, now that you're boss, your boss, Eddie, um, do you see yourself as playing a role in sort of helping elevate all sorts of people in the back of the house, um, in every, you know, position at your restaurant, sort of find oh, yeah. their footing? Exactly. I mean, I, you have to understand, back in the, in, in the 70s and 80s, restaurants were not very open about teaching people. Mm. They were so afraid that you will steal the knowledge, Ooh. you know, and then you will Secret, be successful. Yeah. And then, you know, they will, they will have competition. Mm. What a lot of people fail to understand is, like me, myself, I welcome competition. I want people to be successful because it opens the market. Right. So when I started to work as as an owner with Mike, the one thing that I committed myself was to teach mm-hmm. and to encourage people to be successful. I fired people to get them away from me so that they can be successful. Mm-hmm. They were too good employees and too good of a chefs that I would hold them back because they will always be Eddie's helpers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to be successful. Some of them owned their own business, became to be great chefs, uh, good musicians, you know. And I earned the respect from them. They understood that I was doing everything for them. Right. I was already successful. Yeah. But I wanted more successful people with me. Yeah, to join you. That's really great. And so it sounds like it must have been very um, unlikely that you were promoted from dishwasher to line cook during the time that you were. It sounds like that's not uh-huh. as common to happen. Um, no, I mean, it's, you, you have to, I think it's, it's a give and take, you know. I mean, we are different because we're from two different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But we can always work together if, if we want to work together. But there's a lot of people who are, are not willing to share. Mm. And there's, to me, those are insecure people that don't, <laughs> don't believe on, on their skills. I, I'm a very secure man. Okay. I, I, I don't, don't shy away from nothing. Okay. I try to learn better myself every day. But I also want everybody else around me to get better yeah. and be more successful. And that creates a bigger market. 
Yes. It's better for everyone. It's a win-win. Yes. That's a great attitude. Um, so, okay, so how does this, because it seems like this is a, a theme throughout your book of, uh, you know, mixing and blending and, and just being open to things. So oh, tell I, me. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been getting some grief about that. Some what about that? <laughs> no, about the, well, the because I'm not, I'm not, I've never been shy. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. I grew up in the business. I was a musician, so I learned not to be shy. So I say things that a lot of people want to say, and they don't. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't claim to be an original chef from Mexico. Yeah, I am different. Yeah, I love that. You know, and. Uh, yeah, and, and there was a wonderful New York Times profile with you a couple months ago in April um, where you're, you said, you know, that, you know, you sort of eschew tradition or authenticity when it comes to food. And you said the country is irrelevant. It's what's available and what you can do with it in terms of food That's and cool. ingredients. Yes, I mean, and, and, and it's true. It, it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of American people who live in England and they do hamburgers over there. <laughs> also, are those original hamburgers? No, they're not. Because they they have to use the ingredients that they have over there. You know, I mean, they they have different ethnic people living in every country in the world. That doesn't make them original over there. Mm-hmm. They make them unique, right. different. That's- and that's what people want. They want to taste something different. We all know what a hamburger tastes like. You know, you can put all kinds of things on it, but if you can make one that is different, then people will like that. Yeah. And, and that's what I do. I, I, I make food that is different with an identity. Mm-hmm. You know it's a southern dish, but it ain't like the southern dish your mama used to make. <laughs> this one is different. Yeah. And that's what creates the market. And I love the delicious mixes you have, you know, just like southern fried chicken and a taco. I mean, yes. you can't go wrong there. Um, and tell me about your famous turnip greens. So this is a vegetable you oh, were not familiar okay. with at first, right? No, not at, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I had to ask Mike about it. Uh, but it, it, it was one of those things that actually identifies what the book is all about. Mm-hmm. Here's a mundane ingredient that everybody loves to hate, <laughs> but cannot live without it. <laughs> so they don't like the fact that it's bitter okay. or too vinegar, too spicy. It's this and that. I came around in the 1990 with this recipe that that was not bitter, mm-hmm. not too spicy, not too vinegar, and it had flavor. You can drink the broth. And it caught everybody by surprise. Yeah. And your dessert has been in our menu for 30 years, and people just can't get enough. Wow. And for because turnip greens, that's a, big accom- that's a big accomplishment, as you're saying. Something that everyone loves to hate. <laughs> so, yes. um, we're going to talk more about some of your recipes and maybe some 4th of July barbecue ideas right after a quick little commercial awesome. break. Yeah.
Think about what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound. What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy saltwater? What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long-chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. All right, we're back chatting more with Chef Eddie Hernandez. His latest book, or new book, is called Turnip Greens and Tortillas. It is chock full of recipes that are so delicious, your head will be spinning if you have it this 4th of July weekend, or whenever, whatever weekend, occasion, and because you can't decide what to make from it. So I'm hoping that Eddie can help me um, decide. Um, First of all, I love that you write, you know, I don't care about expensive cuts. You know, it's about what you can do with the the protein or whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, of course, you know, in Mexico, we we maybe we cannot afford an expensive cut of meat. We we all agree on that, mm-hmm. you know, because of the economic resources available there. But we are really good on creating side dishes for it. Yeah, I'm down with you that. You know, and that's where we make everything taste good and and tasty. And 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 it's also a little different. Yeah. So I think you know, and I talk about that on the book about the fact that yes, go ahead and buy a cheaper cut of meat, but make this wonderful salsa or gravy, mm-hmm. and and make the meat the less important item in the plate, because now you can you taste the sauce and you know what the meat is going to taste like. <laughs> That's true. So you, you kill you kill on, <laughs> on the side dishes. Yeah, kill them with the sides. I like that. Yeah, um, it's and, and actually that's the most healthy stuff come from. It's, totally, you know, the fresh side dishes. Yeah, I definitely don't want to fall asleep at a barbecue too. So, um, <laughs> like, okay, so you have a wonderful um, steak churrasco with chimichurri sauce. Um, uh-huh. Is that a certain cut, churrasco, or is that the preparation? Well, it's actually, it's called churrasco, and it comes from Argentina. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, it's called carne asada. Mm, carne asada, got it. So I, so I decided to just combine the two uh, concepts of carne asada in the Argentinian sauce. And, and, it's, and you call it churrasco, it's something that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But then you come back with the jalapeno chimichurri. Ooh. Which so, they don't do in Argentina. Yeah. Or Colombia, for that matter, as well. Huh. No jalapeno. So then you actually provide a little different. Yeah. Mexicanize it a little bit. I love it. Sounds super refreshing. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's, a, and that's a beauty of cooking, you know, and I want people in, at home, you know, to do all this stuff <laughs> that is different. Yeah. I love that you're you have a very different take you have on on the barbecued shrimp. So you call it Mexican style barbecued shrimp, and this is sort of based yeah. on the Louisiana style barbecued shrimp, which is not really barbecued, 
There's some no. weird story behind that. But uh, <laughs> you have um, whole shrimps with um, their own, like, briny juices, you know, head-on with plenty of lemons, garlic, uh, a serrano chili. To, is that the Mexican yeah, Mm-hmm. It's it's a very common uh, cooking whole shrimp in Mexico is very common. Mm. Uh, we love to cook shrimp shell long with the head. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. In, in the states, unfortunately, they don't like to do that because it's messy. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, and you have to peel the shrimp. But you also, if you think about it, you get all the flavor into the meat of the shrimp if you cook them whole. Right. Which they do in Louisiana as well. And Louisiana and Mexico has so much food in common. You know, it's ridiculously. <laughs> <laughs> now that I love playing with, I love playing with Cajun food. Mm-hmm. Cajun, yeah. It's there's so much. I have to a rice in the book with shrimp and scallops, and I use the Cajun spices. I love that. that to turn great. the fried rice from Japan. Into a Luciana fried rice. Mm. And that is Fun. really good. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to cook. I can't wait. I'm going to try that. You know, <laughs> why not? Blackened scallops or bronze scallops here with their yeah. shrimp fried rice. It's clever. Yes. Um, okay. So since you're such a fan of, you know, playing around and mixing different influences, tell me, is there any time that you really, really failed and in this mission and came up with something that was just black? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that people don't, don't get to see, you know, and I talk about that. Yeah. You, you have to try things. You're not going to be successful all the time. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is not to give up. Yeah. Okay. You know, learn. Learn, what, learn whatever went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then fix it. Give it another shot. And if it doesn't work, then move on. It's because it's not going to work. Uh, I'm pretty blessed because I basically can can create recipes in my head. Mm-hmm. I know flavors, so I know what's going to work and what's not going to work now. It wasn't the case 20 years ago. Right. You know? yeah. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I made this salsa, and I'll tell you a story. Uh, it was a very awful fix off. Okay. But me being the kind of nice guy say I am, I called my partner Mike and I say, Mike, try this off. <laughs> so he tried it. He spit it out. Oh, no. And he says, this is awful. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I guess it is awful. He says, did you taste it? And I said, yeah. And did you thought it was good? And I said, oh, no, I thought it was awful. <laughs> he says, so why did you give it to me then? I said I wanted to make sure it was awful. <laughs> Sometimes you need it's a second a opinion. You are an idiot. <laughs> I love that. But so, so sometimes you know things don't work out. That sauce has never been on our menu, ever. No. What <laughs> but was... I did learn that. Yeah. Not to work with this stuff. So, so help me but, to not make that mistake. What was in it? What was so bad about it? It was just, you don't cook things the way I did it. Uh-huh. You know, it's things that you can cook and you can't cook. It's, it's like using raw tomatillos. Oh. Well, you could really have to be good at it to make a good salsa with raw tomatillos because they're bitter, 
Mm-hmm. And, and they just don't have this nice taste to it. They're hard. Eventually, yeah. I was able, I was able to make a good salsa with automobile, which I use from time to time. Uh-huh. But, you know, it took me a little while. I had to understood what the, the tomatillos were, and, and now I'm, I'm good at it. Who did you learn to cook but, you from? Know, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, continue. Well, no, I would just, I would just finish it up with that tomatillos. You know. Sometimes it takes a little while. Yeah, and take some, a few failed efforts, too. Um, so, Eddie, who did you learn to cook from? Did you go to culinary school? Did you did you just keep no, tinkering on your own? No, I mean, I got really good pointers from my grandma mm-hmm. and my mom. You know, I mean, they, they, they like any other house, except my grandmother was a good, good, successful businesswoman and who knew how to cook really well. And, you know, she, she's the one that got me started on cooking. Not so much from try to make a living out of my own. She wanted to make sure that I knew how to feed myself. Oh. She, you know, she said, if you know how to cook, you will always eat what you want to eat. Hmm. Anytime you want to eat. If that- you don't, you're going to wait. You're going to have to wait for somebody to cook. <laughs> and they're going to cook what they want to eat. That's true. Not what you want. So you're going to have to eat whatever they want, and sometimes you're not going to like it. Yeah. So I'll suggest, you know, you know how to cook, and it'll be good for you. And, and it really dawned on me that she was right. So so I learned. I, I learned as much as I could from her, you know. That's and ex- then when I started working in, in Texas, I knew that, that I really wanted to move up and not be the dishwasher all my life, so... I told myself how to cook and, and how to run a line, and eventually I became the manager of the restaurant. But I went through all the steps, you know. So yeah. when, by, by the time I was the manager, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. It's a fantastically well-done American dream, if I've heard of any. And uh, I love your mo- your grandmother's advice because, you know, it's a survival skill, cooking, but it's also a personal satisfaction skill as well. So you're going to have to I, eat other people's know, food. I, I did a piece with CNN mm-hmm. for uh, Latin America, and I am very, very hard on the people from Latin America because mm-hmm. everybody comes to the United States with this thing on their head, and then when it doesn't work out, they, they don't prepare themselves for whatever is available. So I always say, listen, learn the language. Learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that will open the door to better opportunities. But you also have to learn a trade. When you come to a restaurant and you start as a dishwasher, the skills are really good. People go to the CIA in New York and pay tens of thousands of dollars to learn how to chop. I'm paying you money to, to learn chop. how to chop. Yeah. Don't waste my time. Absolutely. But don't waste your time either. Yeah. So take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you mm-hmm. by people who want to teach you a skill. Yeah. And they don't. They just want to come in, clack in, clack out, and collect a check when it's done. Well, that's... And they don't. They don't learn. 
sound advice indeed and, and a very exemplary tale that you that you have to show for it um so i think that's a perfect note to end on and uh as it looks like we're about out of time but um i i hope that you know your message comes across far and uh, is empowering and uh hopefully exciting and motivating for so many out there i, I just I, you know i mean that's just the one thing you you really want to make people better all the time. And on the with the book, I want people at home to have options mm-hmm. and how to create good food at a minimal cost, at a minimal amount of time. Nobody wants to make a sausage three days <laughs> or six hours. Yeah. You know, when you're hungry, you want to eat now. Yeah. So I, the book is actually centered that way for people to to get the most out of their money, mm-hmm. you know, and create enough food for everybody and have a good time, you know? I couldn't agree more. I can't recommend this book enough. I really mean this is like one of the best books I've seen this year, last year. So I, I love this Ooh, attitude. Thank I, you so much. Yeah. And I can't wait to, to not spend a fortune, hopefully, on meat <laughs> coming up. <laughs> and <laughs> I hope everyone else gets their hand on it and uh, learns some few things, too. Um, so thank Give you. Give it a shot. You yeah, like it. I know. I will. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. Um, thanks every- thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Chef. And thanks, everyone at Heritage. It was my pleasure. Excellent. And... Um, Do check out Turnip Greens and Tortillas just out from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. And we'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.